Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited to speak this next sentence. You ready? This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Insulate, makers of the Omnipod system, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Oh, great. I didn't have all my buttons clicked over here. I know. I hate that. <laughs> um, I'm sorry I was a couple minutes late. That is just fine, because I was too. Great, great. That worked out very well then. Um, are we going to use your last name? Sure. Yeah, is it Rieger? It is. Okay, great. So Beth, because we were going to talk originally about one topic, and now we're not going to, we are topicless, which I think is, uh, which is good, actually. <laughs> so if you don't mind, I think we should just start chatting and kind of see where it goes. Um, I have a little bit of an indication of, I think, what I want to talk about, but we'll see how comfortable you are, and we'll keep going. Sound right? Sounds great. Excellent. This is episode 29 of the Juice Box Podcast. It's a conversation with uh, D-Mom Beth Rieger. Uh, Beth's son, Gabriel, is 12 years old. He was diagnosed two years ago. They, uh, they use a good bit of technology, Night Scout, Omnipod, Dexcom. They're, um, they're involved in the community, and when I asked out loud, I think on Facebook, if anybody wanted to come on the podcast and talk about the whole CrossFit thing, which is covered back in episode 24 and a little bit in the episode with, uh, with Chris Freeman. When I asked, uh, Beth was one of the many people who responded and said they would love to talk about it. Now, I ended up going with um, Eileen Grable um, because Eileen, I don't know, I don't know why, she just gave me a good feeling on the subject, but so did Beth. So I called Beth and we talked for a few minutes about what we were going to, you know, what we would talk about on the, um, on the podcast. And I told her, I'm sorry, you know, I think I have somebody to talk about CrossFit already. Uh, But I was still very interested in speaking with her. And during our kind of get to know you conversation we had, she mentioned, I heard her say kind of across the room off the telephone to her son, Gabriel, let's see if we can get that, that blood sugar below 200 today. And there was something about the tone of her voice that made me feel like maybe 200 had become a safe number for Beth. And that is what I wanted to talk to her about. And you'll hear in the beginning of the podcast, I kind of trepidatiously tell her that I have something I want to talk to her about, but it takes me a while into the episode to, to gain the nerve to actually ask her because it is a very personal question. And I thought it was possible that Beth could have been insulted by it, but instead I think she took the opportunity to be introspective and to also maybe talk in an honest way, in a way that might help you and anybody who's listening. So uh, my heartfelt thanks to Beth for her honesty and her desire to help herself and help the community. I hope you, uh, you really like this one as much as I did. Okay, so Beth, you are the mom of a teenage boy, or is he not quite a teenager? Oh, my dear God in heaven. He's <laughs> only 12. He's 12. Okay. Now well, listen, you're you're acting like he's not almost a teenager, but okay. And I'm, so and I'm so I'm in denial, 100. <laughs> percent I admit it. Uh, so your 12 year old son, are we going to use his name? Sure. Yeah, it's Gabriel. Okay, Gabriel. When was Gabriel diagnosed with type one diabetes? He was diagnosed um, October 13th of 2013. Okay. Day before my husband's birthday. So you're almost two years. Almost two years, and it feels like it's been a lifetime. Yeah, no kidding. Um, how are we managing right now? Are we uh, pump shots, pens? Uh, pump. The Omnipod? Use an Omnipod. Okay. Um, and I thought in our email you were saying 
you have a, a glucose monitor too? Yep, he wears the Dexcom, and we are also on what we affectionately call Skynet, which is uh, Night Scout. You're using Night Scout too. Very nice. Okay, so everyone's hooked up. You're as technologically savvy with the type 1 diabetes as you could possibly be. How, how, yeah. how are things going? Well, just a little side note Go, on please. the technology thing. Um, my diet, or not my, Gabriel's diabetes educator, her daughter was just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Wow. That's odd. That's almost crazy. Uh, it is crazy. But she said because of her relationship with me, she knew to download the my sugar app right away. She knew to download the glucagon app right away on her on her phone. Um, she knew our experiences with the Dexcom. I mean, she's a diabetes educator, so she's got those other things going for her. But because of Night Scout and our experiences with Night Scout and all of the stuff that we do with my fitness pal and just all the technology stuff. She's like, I got this. Yeah, and that's something <laughs> you were, she was kind of being uh, supported by the diabetes community before she needed it almost. And, uh, exactly. And then she had it to reach right into. Well, that's, that's kind of amazing. And I'm sorry to hear about her child, but that's really, yeah. that really is kind of uplifting to think that stuff that you've been sharing back and forth with her, um, you know, wasn't just she wasn't just nodding away when you were talking to her as your as your diabetes educator, but she was really listening and hearing the value in those things. So I've I've really felt incredibly supported by not only our educator but our our doctor and our nurse practitioner as well. I I see on our groups on Facebook how people endos are crazy and uh, school nurses are crazy and and all these unsupportive families and significant others and siblings and we are supported all the way around yeah you're not having that same experience which is fantastic good for it you. is yeah. so you asked about how we're currently doing in management and right now we are on the roller coaster ride <laughs> is uh is gabriel hitting do you think uh is is he starting to grow or, or are you having just are you having issues with carb counting or insulin or what do you think's going on? I think it's insulin. I think we're having issues with the Omnipod. Um, I think we're having issues because it is nine seventeen central standard time and he's still sleeping, <laughs> Right. which our child, even since birth has been an early riser. So, um, all of the fantastic adjustments that you can do, down to the time of day on the Omnipod are all off because he's not even rolling out of bed until 9 30, 10 o'clock. So you mean like, I'm not following. I don't think so. Like you want to give him insulin, but you can't, or you want to change because he's sleeping. Yeah. So he's, um, so normally he would have breakfast during the school year around seven 30. Right. Right. And the insulin to carb ratio on the pod goes until 10 o'clock at one rate and the basal rate is at one rate until 10 a.m. Okay. But he's not even getting up until after 10 or sometimes at nine, sometimes at eight 30. So I have not dove in deep enough to figure out how we should change those things. And, um, I was just recently introduced to Diascend, 
where I can upload both the Dexcom and the Omnipod. And I put in our uh, clinics, our endoclinics code, and they can log in at any time and see what's going on as long as I upload the information. <laughs> okay. So, so like, let's use like a real world example. Like you said, he's sleeping right now. So both of my kids are still sleeping and it's an hour later here than it is there. So, um, my son is 15 and growing, uh, it seems by the moment and he seems to sleep away most of his life while he's growing and Arden stayed up very late last night and is going to a party this afternoon. So she told me very specifically last night, I don't want to wake up till about 11 or 1130. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and she's like, then I'm going to get a shower and go right to the party. I was like, well, good for you. What a lovely day you're going to have. I'll sit, I'll sit around the house and clean while you're sleeping. And so, and so for instance, like. Like right now, you, you told me in an email, like your son's blood sugar is high and the, the number's not important, but have you given him insulin or is it because he's sleeping? You don't want to go in the room and wake him or, or like, why not bolus now? Why not? You're right. Why not? Why wouldn't I? Yeah. And because even if you don't want to like wake him, I don't know what your experience is or how your house is built, but like Arden's on the second floor, for instance, and she's above our dining room. If I stand in our dining room, I can get a, a status update from her Omnipod and I can give her insulin from the first floor. And then I don't even bother her. So like in the morning this morning, uh, when I left her room um, earlier, you know, a few hours ago, her blood sugar was a little high. I bolused while she was sleeping and then I brought the PDM downstairs with me and I've made an adjustment to her basal rate and given her one more small bolus in the few hours that I've been awake, literally from the first floor to the second floor of my house. And are you just, yeah. and so you're two years into it. So, so are you just, are you frightened because he's sleeping that you don't want him to get low while he's sleeping or what's, what's your impediment here? You know, that's, I feel like you're my therapist right now, Scott. Let's do it like that, Beth, because I think this is a good, and people are going to really, listen, you're two years into it. Let me, let me go backwards a little bit to make you feel more comfortable. Two years into type 1 diabetes, Arden was four years old. Yeah. I had trouble driving places, like, because I thought, what if this happens? Like, I what if myself right into, in, into, into being frozen into no motion at all. And so it took me a little more time to kind of get past that and get to the point where I'm just like, hey, bolus now, do this, more insulin, you know, like, like keep going, push. And, and like, so, for instance... I think if I was you, and I don't know what your level of comfort is right now, but if you're looking at his blood sugar and you have the Dexcom, you have no, I mean, in my opinion, you don't have anything to really be too scared about because what you can do is you can bolus and if you've gone completely awry, then you could wake him up and give him something. But you could also take a shot at it, like pick a, pick a, I don't know. Let's see. You need, let's say you need his blood sugar to come down a hundred points. Do you have an idea of how much insulin that would take? Um. Yeah, we're fifty for every, or we're fifty for one unit. So that would be two units. Okay. So if he was, let's let's just make up round numbers right now. Like, let's say his blood sugar was two fifty right now. If I said to you right now, Beth, go give him two units of insulin, you would say, okay. Yeah, see, look at you. See, you just need somebody to push you a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. so, and so. It's definitely right. It's right. definitely true. So, when you do it on your Omnipod, do you put in the Dexcom 
blood sugar or do you just go skip, skip and then just do a bolus? Well, it depends on the situation. So, okay. So I see what you're saying. You're scared to bolus based off the Dexcom right now. I get that. Like I absolutely get that. Last night, um, when Arden went to bed, she had, we, we went to a restaurant kind of late in the evening when we left the restaurant, her blood sugar was on her Dexcom around 80 and she was kind of drifting a little lower. So we, we made a little sidetrack and stopped and got like a baked good on the way home. She had this little tiny kind of piece of a donut thing. And a couple of hours later, her blood sugar was hanging right at like 130 on the Dexcom. And I'll admit that I was thinking like, I wonder if that's right. Like we should test because I'm not usually that good with like bakery stuff. You, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, like, so let, let's, and as I was thinking, let's test, the Dexcom told me, you know, we'd like, it, it threw up a blood drop that indicated it wanted to be calibrated. Right. So I tested her and she was actually 180, not 130. And I was like, oh, okay. So I put in the 180 into the Dex and I bolused for the, for the, for the blood sugar. And she was already asleep by that point. It was probably gosh, 11 or 11.30. So her blood sugar was 180. And I gave her a, um, a, a pretty significant bolus because her her basal rate gets cut down for bed around 10 o'clock. It goes a little lower. And when the basal's lower for sleeping, it's harder for me to move her blood sugar with a bolus. So I increased, I temp basaled her basal back up again to where I wanted it to be for an hour. And I bolused on top of it. And, you know, she's upstairs now still sleeping it's gosh it's 11 hours later <laughs> and i can look at her blood sugar now and tell you that it is 140 right now now i'd like it to be a little lower um than 140 while she's sleeping but you and i were going to talk and her sensor is at the end of its life I, it's popping in and out like i'm losing the signal so right. when, when you and i are done I'm actually, we're going to, when she wakes up, we're going to switch the Dexcom. If the Dexcom was working well, like if we were in the middle of the, the seven days and not, you know, let's be honest, if we weren't up towards the 11th or 12th day. And so, um, and so it's just, if it was working where I expected it to be, I would absolutely bolus the 140 right now because the, it's the directional arrows in my opinion, Beth, like, right. So it almost kind of doesn't matter what. Gabriel's blood sugar is right now. If it's 100 or 200 or 300, if you want to move it, go ahead and move it and then use those directional arrows as your indication that you've done <clears throat> what you've meant to do or it's gone awry in one way or the other. And um, then that's when I talk about like earlier in the, in the podcast, you know, I don't know, around episode 10 or so, like when I tried to get people to just be bold with insulin, like I remember talking to my nurse practitioner and she said to me that the biggest problem she has is getting parents not to be scared of the insulin. Mm. And I understand why. I mean, you understand why. We all understand yeah. why. Um, but that, you know, and, and then I don't know if you've even heard that episode, but I think it's worth going over again because it's been so long ago. Like if, if Gabriel's blood sugar is 200, try to make it 150. And then when you see what it took to make it 150, the next time it goes to 200, try to make it 120. You know what I mean? And just kind of keep pushing yourself until you see what's too much, what's not enough. And, and I mean, and you're around him still, right? You know the history of yeah. what he's eaten and what's going on and, and things like that. He's been sleeping for a long time. He's probably dehydrated by now. 
<laughs> you know, there's all kinds of like, I don't know. There's all kinds of reasons. Like, so, so tell me a little bit about your fear. That's what I want to hear about. So I'm just sitting here kind of in awe of how you play with the numbers and you are bold with insulin. Cause like our biggest thing is I just want to get rid of these extremes. Mm -hmm. These are extremes are, which are what cause a lot of anxiety with me personally. I'm not really sure if it does with my husband or not, but like, so for breakfast, I absolutely hate banana nut crunch because I will bolus appropriately for banana nut crunch. And I will make sure that he's got insulin on board for at least 20 minutes, if not 30 before it even enters his mouth. But still, we're pushing 300 for a couple of hours. Here's a basic, my rule, let's call it my rule of type 1 diabetes. Cereal, not okay. Never going to work. You're never going to, like, master <laughs> it. It's just not, just make cereal go away. So um, we're leaving Arden's endo appointment years ago, and she's a little kid. And I think it was the first time that she started really understanding what the endo was talking about, about her A1C. And we get out into the lobby and she says, she asks me, is there something I could do to help my A1C go lower? And I thought about it for a second. And, wow. I, and I said, you could stop eating cereal in the morning. And she was like, okay. And that was the end of it. And she, now there's like a little bit of cereal in this vacuum thing in our house. And it's like, if she gets really low, she'll look at me and she'll be like, I could have cereal now. And I'm like, absolutely. Um, <laughs> But so she, at a pretty young age, changed her morning habit and stopped eating cereal. What I can tell you from watching cereal affect Arden's blood sugar and what you probably know from watching it affect Gabriel's is none of us should probably be eating cereal. <laughs> it just can't. Sincerely. It that just is totally the truth. cannot possibly be good for you if it's that hard to affect with insulin. And so I think that even when you're trying to be more healthy with cereal choices, there's still a lot more sugar and in them than, you know, than we would like to think. I mean, that's how it, it seems to me at least. And when it's not sugar, then it's just very carb heavy and very grain heavy and you kind of can't get away from it. And you're pre-bolusing, look, a half an hour pre-bolus, you got my respect. You're not scared of anything. A, a, a half hour pre-bolus is, is fantastic. Well, I do, I do that because he's been running high and both my husband and I are like trying to coach each other. The A1C is not our report card. It is just, it is what it is. We are not the numbers, you know, we're and, doing these mantras to us because we know his A1C is going to be jacked. And Beth, let me tell you something. When you say that, I can even hear it in your voice. Like that's something you tell yourself for your own sanity, right? Right. But do you really believe that? I do. Do you? I Good. really think Good that for as you. a parent, uh, how could it not be our report card? Right, right. So so that's the that's the, the catch-22. You, you go, you, you, I, listen, I agree. I hear people say it all the time, and I understand for, like, the overall, you know, your mental health. Like, it's important not to chase numbers. I don't chase numbers. I don't feel bad about a high blood sugar or a low blood sugar. Like, I don't get stuck on any one place. But over the long term, if Arden's A1C was way out of range, I wouldn't just see that as 
I, like, I wouldn't even think of it as a failing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I would look at it as, look, we obviously don't have a grasp on this the way we need to. Yeah. And it, in my mind, doesn't seem any different to me than if Arden got her leg broke and I just never took her to the doctor to get it set. Like, if I just kept going, like, oh, listen, kid's rough and tumble. She broke her leg. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm just, you know, like, like right. I don't know if I'm making sense or not, but... <clears throat> excuse oh, me. 100%. Yeah, like, at some point, the the reality of the situation has to overtake my need to be mentally comfortable. And I have to say to myself, we're not doing something we need to be doing. God knows I don't know what it is exactly, but let's just start throwing things at the wall and trying stuff until something works. And I think that's something you could do, especially because you have the technology, because you have the CGM and because you have, you know, you're using a pump. So you're in control of how much insulin's happening and basal rates and all this kind of great stuff. Like just start thinking of Gabriel's blood sugar, like your science project and, and mm. just kind of quietly on your own, try to figure out what makes it tick. And, um, and then once you figure it out, then you'll be able to ma manipulate it. I think, you know, with less stress and, and more ease. Is that yeah, something you feel like you're working towards? You know, I don't feel like we're working towards it. No, but I, I feel like because both my husband and I are so numbers oriented, like science type technology type that why haven't we been thinking of it? Like what you just said, mm -hmm. why haven't we? Because, yeah, because, sense. because listen, let's talk about why. Because if you give a person too much insulin, they die. <laughs> That's right. why. And so, I mean, it's it's kind of the unspoken part of the whole thing. You know, they you know, insulin saves your life every day if you have type one diabetes and type two diabetes. Some people, but if you know, at the same point, if I miscalculate or the carbs don't act the way I expect them to, or et cetera, and et cetera, and et cetera, if one of these things happens, too much insulin could end. My, my child's life and therefore I always err on the side of caution but I would say that when you think like that you're just trading now for later and I don't think that's anyone's intention but I do think that the fear gets in the way and that's why maybe the most important thing in the first couple of years in my opinion is to dispense the fear somehow to get rid of it somehow and and I think a good first step, and it's especially possible because you have a glucose monitor and you're watching with the Dexcom, right. is to just take some crazy stab at a high blood sugar one time and just watch it and go, okay, this is what happens. And then do it again the next time. And when it starts mimicking itself over and over again, what you can say is nine times out of 10, I'm going to trust that this bolus is going to do this thing. And for the one time out of 10 that it doesn't, we're going to be prepared by testing at the appropriate time or watching closely the glucose monitor. And then, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, like, especially at school, when you're prepping teachers and, 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 and people for school, like, like I say to them, like, when we're going over all this, I know that you think I'm telling you that if we do these steps, that's going to make everything go well. Um, and what I... What I really mean to be telling you is you need to understand all these steps for the time that something goes poorly unexpectedly because it's going to. And it might not even happen this year. It might happen next year. Like it doesn't, I'm not saying it's going to happen every week even, but understanding diabetes on that level and how the insulin works, you know, with a person with type one, it helps you in the moment when the wheels come flying off the bus and the double arrows point down and you're, and you're running in circles going like, this is it, this is it, this is it. 
but it's never it. Like, I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. If, if, if your kid hits a double hours down 33 at four o'clock in the morning, you're in a bad situation. But right. if that, if that thing happens in your living room, you're really just a juice box and a bowl of cereal away from it being okay again. It's scary and it sucks and it's terrible, but it's not worth, in my opinion, trading weeks and months of high blood sugars for. I mean, I don't know. That's just my opinion, I guess. Um, but I it's think a- it's, those are some really powerful words, and I think that um, parents of T1s need to hear that. It, it's just really well. That's. I, I'm glad you, you you feel it that way when I'm saying it because it's not judgmental on my part. Like I'm not saying no. people are doing things wrong. I'm saying I completely understand the fear. I've lived through the fear, but I have a. I am just as afraid of waking up a senior citizen to a phone call from my 40-year-old daughter telling me that she's losing her eyesight as I am of going outside to water my plants and coming back inside to find out that my kid's blood sugar is 40. Like like you know like there's there's no difference between those two things. They're they're both the worst things I can think of except that one could happen today and one I have I would have the luxury of just saying, well, maybe that won't happen. And I'm just not a, um, I don't like the, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it way of living. I just, I don't, I don't like that. So I'd rather just look ahead on a map, see what the bridge looks like and have a plan for getting over it. I don't like hoping that the future will bring something that I want. I like being prepared, I guess. So um, that's just how I would live my personal life, and it's translated into how I've tried to manage Arden's type one diabetes, and how my wife does too. It um, it's by no means an indication that I'm not aware of what could happen with too much insulin or a low blood sugar, or that I'm not worried about it. I just, I just don't want to trade one for the other. That's all. That's it. I think I feel like we should pause here, and you can go go give. <laughs> Gabriel insulin and then come back. Uh, thank you. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> this episode of the podcast is brought to you by insulin. Now that back to school is in full swing, the control you get from continuous insulin delivery is more important than ever. And continuous insulin delivery is just what you get with Omnipod. And you don't have to worry about tangled tubing or visible needles. Insertion is virtually painless, which means your child can go back to just being a child. The best way to understand Omnipod is to try it for yourself. So get a free demo kit, including a sample, non-functioning pod, by going to www.myomnipod.com forward slash demo and see what you think. There's no obligation. Look, in eight years of blogging about type 1 diabetes, I have never taken an ad. I have turned down so many ads for ardensday.com, I can't even begin to tell you. I've always wanted, it's meant a lot to me for the blog to be personal and for you to be able to listen to what I'm saying and think, well, this guy really believes what he's talking about. And, you know, the, the podcast, it, it comes with more time and, and it's, a, it's a little more difficult and expensive to keep up and running. But, you know, so when I made the decision that I would accept it, an ad if, if one came for, for the podcast, I really wanted to be sure that it was only going to be something that that I could, I could full-heartedly stand behind. And, and I'm really pleased that Insulet was the first company to reach out. And maybe there'll be more, but I will only take ads from companies that I believe in 
or that I know are providing a, a quality product that can help you. It doesn't have to be something that Arden uses, but in this case it is. I can tell you without, without pause that the Omnipod Insulin Pump is a mainstay in our lives that it has a huge impact. It is one of the main reasons that Arden's A1C is so low. I love the fact that she can, um, you know, now there's uh, I gotta check on Arden's blood sugar in just a second. Little alarm for school. I love the fact that she can play sports without disconnecting. I, I feel I feel bad every time I see a kid who has to disconnect to play a sport and then ends up with a high blood sugar afterwards. I honestly, I, I mean, obviously, if you've listened to the last 28 episodes of this podcast, it probably sounds like an ad for insult anyway, but it wasn't. But huge thanks to them for reaching out and wanting to be involved and wanting to support this. I um, I'm genuinely appreciative. And trust me, the, the uh, ads are going to help keep the, the podcast going. So, again, check it out. Uh, it's myomnipod.com forward slash demo. You can, uh, you can try an Omnipod demo, a non-working uh, pod for, for free, and see if it's something you might like. I've spoken to you twice now. Once just getting ready for this over the phone and now here on the podcast. And both times... You've indicated what, what Gabriel's blood sugar is to me, and I've wanted to, not even knowing you, say to you, please give him insulin right now. Like, like do it. Like, go do it. It'll be okay. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and so, you know what, too, is you're going to see in a very short amount of time if you, if you can find a way to kind of, like, and listen, if you can't get rid of the fear right now, just lean on me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like just use me as a crutch instead. Like, when you, you know, just send me a text and say, this is his blood sugar. And I want to give him insulin, but I'm afraid I'm going to be like, go for it, do it. And (laughs) and that'll be that easy. It really will. Like everything in life is kind of that easy. You just need one friend with no common sense and no, no fear, (laughs) no fear of going to jail to stand next to you and be like, let's do it. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that is what is so honestly crazy, amazing about the diabetic community is that it's like I found my people because I'm that way with perfect strangers. What you just offered, mm-hmm. text me, Gabriel's blood sugar is this, what should I do? I want to give him this. Should I do it? And you're going to be like, yeah, do it, Beth, go for it. <laughs> do it. And that's who, that's who I am. That's who I've always been. I was, I've always been a helper and a supporter of people, even perfect strangers. Sure. And I've never found a lot of people who are like that, but the diabetes community is that we're all there to help each other and support each other and say, that's wrong. You should do this and way to go. I believe that that's an indication of two specific things. I think it's an indication that, um, diabetes is much more difficult than an outsider would imagine to manage day to day, 24 hours a day. And when you get a bunch of people together who understand what it really means, um, I think that it's difficult knowing what it's like and living with it to not look at somebody who's a little behind you in the timeline and say, Hey, I've already been through that. Why don't you try this, this, and this? Because it just feels, I know for me, it feels wrong and unfair not to pass that information on to somebody who wants it because for sure, you, you know, it's just, it's like knowing there's a cliff coming up in a mile and it's hard to see and not stopping your car and waving your hands at people, you you, you know, like it just like, how would you not do that? And, um, I mean, that's what's kept my my blog Arden's day will be, 
in a couple of weeks, I'm looking at the calendar, it'll be eight years old. And I don't take ads on it, although I've been offered ads. I've been right. offered free insulin pumps. I always say no. I just like to, to as for ads, like all I've ever wanted was for people to be able to trust that if I'm sharing something, it's coming from a place of me saying, hey, this worked for us. Or now that I know that this is happening, I hope you can be on the lookout for it too. And maybe maybe something I say here will help you. It's certainly not money. It's a, it's a, it's an, you know, it's a work of passion. This podcast is the same thing. You're just really looking to share what you know and hope that it helps somebody else. So that's why even like, like I said earlier, like when you and I were, we're going to originally speak about a certain topic and then I got, excuse me, kind of too many people talking about the same topic. I said, but we should still talk. And, um, and I was telling my wife, I'm like, I'm going to talk to this girl, uh, named Beth. And, and she's like, what are you going to talk to her about? I'm like, I don't really have any plans. I said, but I really hope her son's blood sugar comes up because I, I would, if it was just a phone call, you and I, this is what you and I would be talking about right now. Like, you know what exactly. I mean? If, if we weren't being recorded, but I think that since you're willing to talk about it like this, which is amazing by the way. And since you're willing to record it so other people can hear it, which again, you're, you're just trying to give back into the community and at the same time, get something out of it. Like you're stuck in a spot. It's interesting, right? It's kind of very, it's kind of very layered. You're stuck in a spot. You really do need somebody to come along and, be, and put their hand on your back and be like, Hey Beth, here's something simple you could do that might really help. And at the same time, you're letting people see who are stuck in that same spot with you that, you know, there's, there's a way out of it for them too. And, um, it's, I think it's super important because I think there's definitely a moment when you get used to blood sugars being 200 and you say to yourself, well, look, he's fine. Or I'm okay. If it's you, if it's personally you, and there's nothing I can really do about it. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I can't. So you kind of put your hands up in there and you go, this is my normal. I, I live at my blood sugar right about here. And the fact of the matter is that at some point that's going to come back to bite you in a way that's uh, you're not going to be able to get away from, you know, so, right. so you should be congratulated for sharing your struggle, um, and, and being willing to let other people hear that you're having it because then somebody's going to listen to this and identify with you and then hopefully listen a little bit to what I'm saying, even though at the beginning of the podcast, Beth, we will say very clearly that nothing on the juice box podcast should be considered advice <laughs> medical or otherwise because right. god knows i'm not a doctor but hopefully someone will hear something that they'll identify with and talk to their doctor or find the you know find the courage to to make a change on their own and I, I'll, I'll tell you something here about me personally i hear people say we went to the endo and they made changes to our basal rates and three months from now, we're going to go back and see if they worked. And I'm like, you got to be out of your mind. Like, I'm not waiting three months for anything. <laughs> you know, oh, the phone. Beth, if I told you the phone doesn't ring for days and days at a time, I am not lying to you. Let's listen for a second to hear what. Yeah, somebody from California wants me to buy solar panels. I guarantee it. Um, or windows. Don't you get those calls? Windows, solar panels. I love the guy that calls. And he goes, um, hi, I'm calling from Microsoft because um, about your computer problem. And <laughs> I, they must hit tens of thousands of people a day until one of them goes, oh, I did call Microsoft about my computer problem. I can't believe they called me back so quick. And then when the person goes, oh, great, thank you, the first thing they do is ask you for your credit card number so they can give you the service. And then they steal your credit card number. 
And that's and then they you pretty much get off the phone with you at that point. You don't get those calls. I get them constantly. Well, I don't have a home phone anymore. Mm, mm. Uh, You're a so, genius. But I get the call on my personal cell phone, not my business line, that says, "This is Google calling," and it's a six one two Minneapolis phone number. <laughs> yeah. You know how Google, Google does. Is not calling me. Maybe they're mapping cars calling you from Minneapolis. Right. If they're out front, they, they said, "We're going to be by on your street in a couple of minutes. If you want to move your trash cans, you'll look much better on Google Maps." Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, these ones are. We want to help you with your business listing. Right. <laughs> and so I stay on and I play with them. <laughs> Okay, listen, you have to have a hobby. You're right. So Beth, so Beth, can you and your husband, it sounds like you guys are kind of, are you equally handling Gabriel's blood sugars and stuff like that? Or is one of you more involved than the other because of It's definitely work? me more involved than him. Mm -hmm. um, I work from home. And I do go out and have meetings outside of the home. Um, but for the most part, it's me. Do you feel like you have to talk to him about things you're going to do? Your husband, I'm sorry, we're calling him him. Your yeah. husband must have a His name. His name is Rick. Rick, do you feel like you have to speak with Rick before you make adjustments or do you have no. a, no. Okay, good. But so, we do lean on each other. Um, and cause you know, this morning we're texting back and forth going, all right, do you think it's a bad pod? Right. Do you think that it's a bad site? Um, cause he's sleeping. He shouldn't be this number. Yeah. I, well, there's so many things it could be. He could be laying on the pod, which doesn't help. Um, it, Gabriel, he, come here. he could be, he could be, um, like I said, a little dehydrated. Like I would think in this situation, the first thing I would do is give him a big glass of something to drink that had a lot of water based in it and bolts. Oh, we're being snappish right now. I would be too if my blood sugar was high. I know. <laughs> <laughs> And we're a preteen, pre -teen, so we got that going for us, too. I asked him to have some water, and he says, I already did. <laughs> oh, my God, Arden, every time I talk about water with Arden, she looks at me like I've asked her to uh, to cut off her arm. So, yeah. But she also knows it's true because she's seen it work, like, time and again. Like, my blood sugar's stuck. It won't move. Drink some water. You know, is you know, my blood sugar stuck? It won't move. Are you in? Are you in your classroom? Yes. Is it really hot in there? Yes. Drink some water. You, you know, and then all of a sudden it starts moving again. And I'm like, see, wasn't this better than the alternative, which was to spend the whole afternoon testing and retesting and you know, talking about maybe it's the site, maybe we should change the pump. You know, instead, like just drink a glass of water first, and let's see, let's see if it starts moving around a little bit. You know, I never thought that water, that never even entered my mind, that water would have an effect on the blood sugar. It's pretty Keep much the, the key to the whole thing is the, the insulin just won't move around your body properly if you're, if you're dehydrated. So, Isn't that something else? Yeah, it's just, I've well, learned so much from you today, Scott. You've learned nothing. Trust me. You, you, <laughs> you knew all this already. <laughs> and, um, and you just needed to, uh, I think you just probably needed somebody to tell you, Hey, go try it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so do you, um, would you be comfortable before we get off and talking? Like, would you be comfortable talking through like a plan for yourself? Like what you, what you want to like set a goal here and, 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 and kind of figure out steps to walk, to get towards it. Well, uh, our endo appointment is on Friday. So I know that there's going to be some conversation because he's been running high. I mean, it's been summer. 
Um, we just got back from a vacation in the Black Hills, and his insulin was exposed to 95 degrees almost every day. Right. And, um, you know, all of these factors, but the fact still remains is he was freaking high as a kite the whole time we were gone. Yeah. So now, Beth, I will tell you that Arden plays um, softball rather competitively. So all summer she was out in the heat, too. And um, we did have to change insulin pumps um, a little more frequently at times because of that. You know, so the pod, we didn't leave on for the full uh, three days all the time. Some days it would come off in the middle of the second day. And um, and we would change it a little more frequently to, to kind of combat that. But other than that, like, you know, extra insulin that we carry to softball fields just goes into a cooler with ice and, and stays cool that way. Um, but the I, I assume what you're talking about is the insulin that's actually in the pump while he's wearing it. Um, no, it was the extra vial of insulin as well. Okay, so you were kind of out in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. And through uh, sharing that experience with my educator, um, she told me about this little insulin wallet that the you can buy pack? online. Is it called a Frio pack? Yeah, the Frio pack. Yeah, it's it's got little jelly things in it. You soak it in like cold water or something. It stays cold for like 12 hours or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. There, there's a weird technology that's been around for a while. I think we used that the first time to go to Disney when Arden was like three years old, like six, probably about seven years ago. And How um, have been 12 or two years into this and nobody's told me about the Frio pack yet? <laughs> yeah, it is, it's really something. I mean, for just a day trip, I mean, we just, you know, we take a cooler of drinks when Arden plays softball or when Cole plays sure. baseball. And so we just kind of protect the insulin a little bit and put it in that space where it stays cooler and that seems to be it but but yeah i mean i just definitely think that if because i you know we're not talking about his exact numbers but but you know for a high blood sugar i would just like really attack it and see what and, and like right now like don't tell me what your the blood sugar is if you don't want to but but i would just i would go after it like really hard right now and so just more than what the pump says to do? I, it, well, yeah. So, I mean, if let's just play with a number for a second, okay? Right. Let's, let's say Gabriel woke up this morning and his blood sugar is 300 right now. If he's my kid and if Arden comes downstairs and our blood sugar is 300, the first thing I would do was I would do an increased temp basal, 95% increase for an hour. And I would bolus. So whatever I thought was going to bring that 300 down to 100... I would bolus on top of the temp basil. And so for Arden, let's think about it. Arden's so small. She weighs like 68 pounds. Um, but so for Arden, I think off the top of my head, if her pump thought she was 300, it would probably want me to bolus a unit. And if Arden's blood sugar was 300 when she woke up this morning, I would probably bolus two units because... Without testing her, I would assume she has ketones probably from being that high. And even though they would be, there's a lot of assumptions going on here, but, but, right. you, but I would, so if your son had ketones right now, if he had, you know, a, a ketone, you're, you would be told by your endo to bolus a unit of insulin for each point of ketones that he had. So um, do you have a ketone meter or do you just do the pee stick? Uh, we have the Precision Extra. It's a blood ketone meter. Okay. And it's really cool. You just, 
it needs a slightly bigger uh, drop of blood and and you test her. And, and but to say that I test for ketones three times a year is probably excessive. So, but so there's a lot of like theorizing in there. Like if I, if if I knew Arden's blood sugar was 300 for a couple of hours, I would assume ketones, and there'd be an extra unit of insulin with whatever I bolused, just because she's wearing a Dexcom. So if for some reason that's wildly too much insulin, she'll start falling fast. It will tell me, and I will just combat it with food. I think it's much easier to stop and control a low than it is to affect a high. So, you know, like there are times when even if her blood sugar just seems stuck a little bit, like it's at 180 and I've given her insulin and I'm like, God, it's not moving. We've tried water, water's not doing it, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I'll just say, bolus for 15 carbs right now and let's just do that. Don't eat anything, just do the 15 carbs. Yeah. Because that's how much a, a juice box is. And so if that insulin works, great. And if it's too much, then we'll drink a juice box. And then that's it. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Um, but you, I think you just have to find yourself... I just... Aggressive is a good word, actually. Like I think you just have to aggressively go after high blood sugars. And then once you know how to affect a high and to stop a peak... Is the next is the next step like so? So say Arden eats something for lunch today, and I count the carbs and I give the insulin and I pre bolus and it's all right, and then thirty minutes into, you know, after she's eaten, if if, if thirty minutes after Arden has eaten, her blood sugar is one sixty, and there's an arrow going up, I will blindly bolus another unit. And that's, oh my god, really? Yeah, because because I've done something wrong. She's still going up and over 160. And so because it, again, here's my thought. If if I'm right, then the arrow stops and their blood sugar hangs and then we drift back again cuz I I missed. And if I'm wrong, it's only a unit of insulin. It's, you know, it's about 9 or 10 carbs for Arden. So if I'm wrong, when we can just eat a little more food or pump in a little more sugar somewhere, um, but avoiding the highs is is most important to me. Like that's what I, I avoid the highs and the peaks by aggressively stopping them. I want to be completely clear: if she wasn't wearing a Dexcom glucose monitor, right, I, I would never do that. Would never be that brave. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have any ability to to make that kind of decision, but. You know, it's just like, I don't know, like, you know, making dumb, like, you know, say you're learning how to drive and you're, you know, some person is teaching you how to drive is like, okay, so when you go to stop, you push the brake slowly, right? So when you're out driving and you're pushing the brake slowly and you're still going to hit a telephone pole, don't you push it harder? <laughs> like, right. do, do you just go on? Oh, they told me to push it slow. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to crash into this pole. You're like, no, you, you'd be like, no, I'm stomping on the brakes here. Like, I'm going to react. And to me, that's the greatest gift of the glucose monitor is the ability to react and to, and to do something that your doctor would flatly tell you not to do, which is stack insulin on top of it. You, you know, because, because, and it's great advice, don't stack insulin because if you do, you could create a low later and it could be, it could be a, a big deal low. But if you've got a glucose monitor and you can see 
the trend and how fast you're falling and, and rising, then it's a little more reasonable to think maybe the insulin's a little less effective today because it was out in the heat. Maybe I miscounted the carbs. Maybe this food's going to hit her harder than this amount of carbs usually does. There's so many maybes, but at 160 straight up, I definitely don't have enough insulin right now or my blood sugar wouldn't be 160. Like, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, isn't that the idea? Like, like when somebody pre bolus is something and they get this nice gentle rolling line, you know, the idea is, Oh, I gave enough insulin at the right time and, and the carb balance is right. So if, Oh, basil, please, we're talking about insulin. He just, he just, he, you know, he's barking at something plastic. He, the dog, dog is yeah, mine have been pacing because they're like, it's 10 o'clock and we haven't had breakfast yet. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. Let's go. Well, Breakfast, I'm going to let you feed your dog first, but, but does oh. that make, but does that make sense to you? It does make sense to me. And I, I love the analogy of the, uh, learning to drive and slowly applying the brake and the high is running into the telephone pole. Right. React, do something. Don't but just I have a question for you. Go ahead. Ask your question. So on the Omnipod, right. I tried to increase the temp basal. Mm-hmm. To 95%, and it says requested temp basil is it's outside, outside of range. the pod's delivery range. Did you just try 90? Oh, no. It's possible that... Me. <laughs> Gabriel, you go ahead and do it, buddy. I don't know if he can hear me or not, but... He can hear you. Oh, uh, yeah. Just do a temp basil increase, try 90% for an hour and see what that does. See if it'll let you do that. The dog was licking him. So I'm wondering if the dogs can sense his high. My, my dog can't sense that a broom is not dangerous, so I'm not sure what dogs can do. <laughs> okay, I'm down to 70% increase, and it's still not enough. It says it's outside of his range. I have to decide if it would be something I'd have to look into. Like, do you have uh, maybe your insulin limit? Your breakfast. It might... It might um, it might be your insulin limits that are set in things, but I can find out and get back to you. Okay. Because it does happen to us sometimes too. And sometimes I just think it's a, I don't, I don't honestly understand when it does it, why it does it sometimes, but you should be able to do it. A temp basal increase. Um, do 50%. Just see what it, what it says about that. I'm down to 30%. Interesting. Okay. When we're done this, we'll figure it out together. Okay. So it doesn't talk, this doesn't turn into like troubleshooting best insulin pump with Scott. Okay, so I can do a 20% increase for an hour. Not enough. I want more. More insulin. I, <laughs> do what you I can do and we'll figure it out in a little bit. Oh. Yeah, you can. Hey, Scott here. Yeah. See his nice face here? Hey, That's what's up, nice man? Nice man. What's up, Gabriel? Hi. How are you, brother? I'm tired. So here's the other thing, and this is tough. And this is a tough parenting spot. He wakes up high, and or Arden wakes up high, and she's like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, yeah, you tough. Eat something without carbs in it. But we're not going to start this day piling carbs on top of a high number. Like, let's let's wait an hour and get this in a better place so that we don't so that, so that this next decision we make doesn't inform the next three or four or five hours because you know you're not going to get out of it, right? Like if you if you eat something carb-heavy on top of a high number, that by the time 
you're even getting it back to where you need it to be again, it's going to be time for another meal. You, right. you know, like, and then you're stuck and you don't want to, and you're giving a whole day away then of a high blood sugar. And so I talked about it. I'm sorry. We have been riding the high train for three months. Yeah. More, and we have not been attacking it like you, like you've said, and yeah. like you've advised. And I've, I've oh. kind of done what you're exactly saying. Like I've, okay, this is just our normal. We'll get it down. We'll do this. But I've been. A day turned into a week and a week turned into a month. And it seems, yeah, it doesn't seem as bad anymore. And so, and so, okay. So I'll tell you what we'll, what we'll absolutely do when we're done. I think what we've talked about here is going to be incredibly, you know, uh, interesting for people who are, are struggling with what you guys are. I don't think we need to talk about it, you know, your personal life anymore like this. When we're done here, I'm going to literally call you on the phone and we'll talk about it a little bit and see what we can't figure out. Um, but be- before we do, I, I want to tell you that I just spoke with Chris Freeman. He's the twenty episode 26 of the podcast. And Chris is a four-time um, Olympian. He's a cross-country skier who has type 1 diabetes. He's Yeah, yeah. He was here for t- the Tour de Cure last ab- summer. Absolutely. All right. And so Chris and I were talking and a little, and we were talking very specifically about nutrition and blood sugars and being kind of aggressive like this. And I think it's, it's interesting for you to hear. And it also, it's, it, it's probably a little scary, but I told Chris how I think about high blood sugars. And it's a very kind of visual thing that pops into my head about what's actually happening in Arden's body during a high blood sugar. And as frightening as it is, it's what keeps me it's what keeps me motivated in moments when I'm like, Oh my God, like, you know, there's a moment when you want to throw your hands up in the air and be like the dramatic person on Facebook. Who's just like, my life is terrible. Somebody please come over here and pat me on the back. I've absolutely got to go put my head under a pillow right now. And when those moments come to me and they come to me, just like they come to everybody else. I think about like the real, the reality of what like a a high blood sugar means. And it snaps my ass right back into into line again. So, um, I think you have been really, um, really like brave to sit here and talk about this. And I want to thank you for all the people who I think are going to be helped by listening to what you talked about today. Um, and they listen to me a lot too, uh, because I, I over talked, but, um, is there, is there anything else that you want to talk about or cover or say, or, I mean, you just were very open a second ago saying that I think this is what's happening to me. I'm, we're stuck in a place where I'm accepting things that I don't want to accept. Um, I don't know that you could possibly be much more honest than that. So you may have nothing left to say. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think after, I mean, I don't, I, I guess I don't know where that stuck came from. I don't know if it's out of fear of giving too much insulin or what it is, but I think that it's definitely a message that, okay, you're in diabetes. Now you've, you've got it. You've got your carb counting down now, you know about A1C, you've got the every three month checkup. Well, now it's time to really get serious about it and attack it. Yeah. Like you said, yeah, put all and this I stuff think it's just a, a process that you have to go through. Yeah, I do too. I definitely believe that in the beginning, there's a lot of this fear. I would also tell you that what you're going through right now, I'm pretty certain I was happy, <clears throat> excuse me, was happening to me in Arden's first two years. But I didn't have the benefit of any of this technology to actually see what was going on. I didn't right. didn't have a CGM in the first two years. I would have no idea how 
how far off from what I was hoping to be accomplishing with insulin I really was. We you know? called it blissfully ignorant. <laughs> well, you know, it's not it's not a derogatory thing. Yep. It's just we were we didn't know. It's funny uh, when I was talking to Chris, he was talking about how people um, treat food consumption, and he called it willful ignorance. He said, "I think people ignore what they're eating so they can eat it." Um, and they and and it's funny how often in different walks of life we end up doing that for ourselves to kind of cut for ourselves sure. a break. And it's fine in most. Listen, it's fine in most walks of your life, um, and then in some others, it's it's a little more dangerous. So, um, all right, Beth, listen. Let's say that this was really cool. This went way <laughs> way better than um, I was hoping. I the part of me thought you were just going to be like, I'm not talking about this with you. Shut up. Um, but. <laughs> But this was really fantastic. I'm an open book. Uh, you know, apparently you are. And thank you very much. And um, and so uh, let's just say goodbye here. And then I'm going to stop the recording. And we can keep talking for a second if that's okay. Sure. All right, Beth, thank you so much. Gabriel, I will, uh, I'm will. i going to talk to you in a second, brother. You okay? Uh, he's back in his he room. He left. I would have went back in my room. Guys. Boy, if I wasn't an adult, I'd be in my room too. Um, <laughs> all right, God. All right. Thank you again for coming on. Thanks, Scott. I all appreciate right. it. Bye-bye. You can check out my type 1 diabetes parenting blog at ardensday.com. Find me on social media at ardensday or at Juicebox Podcast. If you uh, are enjoying where you're listening right now, hit subscribe. Uh, but the Juicebox Podcast is available anywhere podcasts are, are procured. Uh, your favorite apps, apps you may never have heard of, you can listen at juiceboxpodcast.com. If you're a listener through iTunes, please subscribe and leave a rating and review if you're enjoying the show. Thank you very much to Omnipod for sponsoring this episode, and we'll be back next week.